Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott with Amy Wees. And this is Seller Roundtable number 83. Brandon Young is back. He's back with a vengeance. He's got a stubble beard because this time of year, Amazon sellers don't sleep. He also has children who also help him not sleep. All right. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> oh, no worries. That's Welcome, okay. Brandon. Thanks for thanks for being on today. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, it's uh, it's it's awesome. Thank you for having me. Of course, yeah. It's it's always an adventure. Before we got it got started here, I was I was doing my. I'm I'm kind of an Amazon curmudgeon these days, just because it's <laughs> the the without without using cuss words, you know. Even though we have the expletive sign on every episode, because I just don't want to go through having to worry about it. Um, you know, the, the, the poop at Amazon just, you know, they, the, they scoop the poo out of one corner and then the other corner starts filling. So, um, I'm dealing with a, with a, uh, with a, uh, competitor, um, you know, <laughs> targeting and, and, uh, BS. So, um, I swear guys in the new year, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to turn over a new leaf and I'm just, I'm, I'm just not going to complain about it <laughs> anymore. Cause I'm getting kind of tired of it. Yes, we have had some complaining episodes lately. Andy's been on a little bit of a soapbox. Yeah, sorry. But it's okay. It's okay. You know, if any of us were going through kind of what you've been through after how long you've been selling on Amazon, I think all of us would be like, what the heck? What is happening here? So, well, Brandon, it's so good to have you again on the Seller Roundtable. And, you know, so much has happened. I, I think this has been the biggest, like in terms of changes, I would love your opinion on this, Brandon, but in terms of changes, I think this has been the biggest year for just like massive like it's, it's going this way. No, 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 no. It's going this way. No, we're doing this. No, we're doing that. Like, what do you think, Brandon? How has your 2020 been? <laughs> yeah, 20, 2020 has definitely been uh, a massive year of growth and changes. Everything from the algorithm to the way that Amazon's handling things to regulations and rules. And, uh, you know, I think that What's what I, I actually it's challenging and it's a pain in the ass and I hear Andy and I'm 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 on the I'm, I pull my hair out like I'm I don't have much left and I'm 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 you know it's receding like <laughs> only twenty but look at this right no so it it's um every I think that although we complain and it's frustrating it's still been such an amazing year for everybody that is that has persisted through it because uh, I think that the opportunity to sell on Amazon is only going to keep getting better. The growth on Amazon is only going to continue to skyrocket. E-commerce is only going to do better. COVID did did really, the main thing that it did for e-commerce was that it accelerated the decline in retail and the, the, the rise of e-commerce. And in America, we're still way behind the rest of the world, or at least China and Asian countries, with regards to the percentage of our total retail sales that are online versus in a store. I think that there's so much room for us to keep going and growing as American consumers get conditioned to buying online versus uh, going to the store. And so this year has done nothing but accelerate that. Now we have challenges with limits on SKUs and launches and algorithms changed again and we got limits. Now they're coming in suspending uh, listings for stuff that they allowed 
years, you know, like all of these things keep popping up. But I think that, that all that is going to keep popping up. And what's great from uh, our standpoint is that if you are persistent enough and if you continue to work at this business, those are just barriers to entry to the people who will give up quickly and, and abandon this business. And that's great for you as someone who will keep persisting because it just means that there's more of the pie for you versus like, you don't, you know, if any, if this was too easy, then everybody would be doing it and the market would be flooded and it would be tough, more, much more difficult to find products that, that are profitable and that have opportunity. So I think, I, I just, I think 2020 has been hard. Um, but I think that that's also a good thing and we've managed to get through it and we're going to still have by far a record year. Yeah, I, I kind of, I agree with you in terms of, you know, we've seen so many businesses completely devastated by COVID and, you know, just went to Mexico last week with the family. And I just was imagining as, as, as I'm sitting there at this lovely resort, I'm imagining, wow, they've got to be losing money by the fistfuls because, you know, their business model, they have to have so much capacity to really keep things going. Right. And I just, I mean, for us, all of us e-commerce sellers, our businesses, for the most part, as long as we could go with the changes during COVID and with what Amazon kind of pulled, our businesses triple. You know, we couldn't keep up with the demand. Many of us ran out of stock, <laughs> which didn't help when, when um, you know, it was time for Q4 because it, our IPI suffered and then Amazon, you know, had all these extra limits. But, uh, but it was definitely a huge um, blessing to be in the e-commerce arena when COVID happened. Um, it was awesome. And in terms of retail, I mean, I agree, the, the retail businesses that didn't pivot and didn't add delivery, didn't have those options, they suffered. But the ones that did, like Home Depot just bought uh, some like storage solutions company, their revenue like was just skyrocketed because so many people came home and were working on home projects and that kind of stuff. So it was just, it was a really, it, it, like you said, Brandon, it was so cool to kind of see the dynamics that happened and we were on the right side of that. And I agree that e-commerce is going to continue to grow. There's going to continue besides Amazon, there's going to continue to be so many cool opportunities. And then also Amazon is going to grow and change and there'll be new opportunities there. Um, so I think it's going to be cool. And, and I'm so glad that all of us are still in the game and that we get to help others who are serious about it be in the game, you know, it's, yeah. it's really cool. So for those of us who don't know you, Brandon, I mean, nearly everybody knows you. Congratulations on your seller poll wins, by the way, really yeah. cool. Um, but for those of us who don't know you, tell us a little bit more about your backstory. How did you get started in e-commerce? Uh, I mean, really E-commerce was uh, something that I hadn't had on my radar, unfortunately, until about five years ago. Um, so I had a buddy who uh, was going to lose his job, and uh, we sat down to talk about like what he could get into, what kind of ventures, businesses he could start. And we had a couple other buddies who were, at the time, doing arbitrage and did over a million dollars in their first year. And so I had no idea what arbitrage was or FBA was, and I, I said, well, they didn't want to share what they were doing with anyone because they didn't want to, they didn't want anyone going to all their honeypots and getting all their, their stuff. So 
I said, it can't be that hard to figure out. So we just went on YouTube. We found some of the guys that were doing YouTube stuff and like, we just shared notes and, and he took the ball and ran with it. And he's still doing five years later, he's doing millions and millions of dollars a year on arbitrage, uh, on Amazon with FBA and arbitrage. And my thinking at the time was, okay, arbitrage is more of a job. It's not as scalable. Um, it's not something that I necessarily want to do, but my now wife, and I, uh, we thought about it and we said, okay, well, wholesale seems like a good model and liquidation and we can maybe scale that, right? We can have processes in place and we can, we can uh, sell replenishable SKUs and we can, we can figure out a, some kind of automated way to, to, to work a little bit smarter. And so we did arbitrage or we did uh, wholesale, we did some liquidation. And then uh, in 2016, um, my wife who happens to be from China uh, we looked at each other. We, you know, we started to see some of our wholesale accounts starting to become restricted. It was becoming more difficult to do even do wholesale for us. So we said, uh, why aren't we doing private label? We have an advantage because you're Chinese. And so we got on a plane. We went to Canton, and uh, you know, here we are, four and a half years later. We're exclusively private label, and you know, doing eight figures a year, and and just, it's it's been been an incredible. Uh, journey. I mean, it's just year over year, we keep learning and getting better at it and um, things are always changing. So it's, it's, it's exciting. Awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> Brandon, that's a, uh, uh, I love the the backstories for how people got into the Amazon. I mean, the main thing is usually like, you know, financial freedom and ditching their boss. Right. I mean, that was definitely my, uh, you know, kind of what, what drove me and what, uh, you know, now, now that I've, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, but I, I didn't go full-time on Amazon until about 2015. Um, so, you know, that, that was a big shift in mindset in terms of, you know, realizing that, you know, I'm smart enough to make money. If it's not an Amazon, it's going to be somewhere else. Um, you know, and learning the skills, um, that you have to learn in order to even be on Amazon today is going to, you know, is going to pay tenfold, uh, throughout your entire life. Um, I wanted to circle back real quick. I agree with both of you guys in terms of the uh, opportunities uh, online and things like that. What I'm really concerned with, though, um, and I'm seeing this trend on Amazon big time, is you know the the shift to the larger brands, right? So I really see Amazon uh, favoring the 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 larger brands on Amazon, and so um, you know nothing wrong with that in terms of you know Amazon as stockholders, right? So they're going in, they're seeing, you know who, you know, who's going to make us the most money long-term, right? And it's, it's the, the, the companies like Nike and things like that, even though funny enough, Nike pulled out of Amazon. Um, but I think that's where Amazon, I think is losing direction in terms of realizing who their core, uh, you know, it's very few, very few Amazon sellers have over a million dollars in revenue per year. Right. I mean, I think it's like 1% last time I looked, or something like that. Maybe which is still, I've, which is still tens of thousands of sellers, right? Yeah, no, it's still a, a very large amount. But, but all I'm yeah. saying is, is that, um, you know, I, I, and I said this a few years ago. I said, people, Amazon is still a huge, huge opportunity. But you can't come into Amazon now as like a date, you know, as like a side gig, right? It's not going to work anymore. You have to go full on Amazon. You have to, you know, learn marketing. You have to learn you know, how to do packaging, you have to learn how to, how, you know, good photography, these, all these things now that, you know, you know, three to even three to five years ago, 
you know, important, but you could kind of like fiver your way through it. Right. And that's not yeah. like anymore. Now you could, you could probably like even five years ago, you could throw up anything with stock images and, and you'd get lucky to start selling and you could rank with PPC and exactly a much higher skill set and learning curve now than it was. That's where I definitely agree with you. It's, it's definitely, it isn't a side gig. Like you can start as a side gig, but you need to put in the 10 to 20 hours a week learning it right before yep. before you can eventually do it yeah i mean people yeah a lot of people i tell the story you know of how i got started on amazon i was still working a full-time job i would come home i would work till two three in the morning go to sleep wake up <laughs> commute to work work all day come home i would do that every day and, I've done, and i did that for years and years and years you know i've never not had more than you know the, the equivalent of one job and you know that's that's the point i just want to make guys is that you know there's there's been so much um, there's, there's just been so much, uh, you know, people seeing all this glamor and stuff of, of these Amazon sellers, and they're really not being told the full story in terms of it's a lot of hard work. There's going to be a lot of failure, a lot of, you know, uh, issues getting there. But I also agree with Brandon on the flip side in terms of, you know, if you're going to eat the shit sandwich, <laughs> at the end of that shit sandwich is when you're going to get all the all the the reward because exactly like Brandon said, the people who are treating it like a side gig and think they can just kind of, you know, muddle their, their way through it are the ones who are going to step aside. And then that's going to leave the opportunity for, for those who really, you know, grit down and get it done. Yeah, it's really interesting that you talk about the bigger brands being the focus of Amazon, and I agree with that. I mean, there's a huge movement where they're they're giving a lot of incentive for uh, for storefronts. Having a storefront with one SKU is not really that great. So, I mean, you have to be a little bit larger seller to like really like start start building out a nice storefront, right? And now you're seeing like placement for that and focus. And the way that my wife and I look at things from an e-commerce standpoint to try to gauge trends is that we, um, we look at what happens in China and then we realize that we're one to two years behind China, if not one to three years behind China. I think, I think it's less now that COVID happened. We've accelerated and caught up a little bit, but we're still way behind. And so what happened there was with uh, one of their e-commerce platforms, Taobao, is that it, it was like this. It was anyone could become a solopreneur, throw some products up. It was like Amazon five years ago. And you can throw some products up and you start making a ton of money. Now, what happens now or over the last couple of years is that it's become increasingly more difficult and pay to play. Like placement is much more, uh, PPC is much more prevalent and, and, and drives a lot more sales there than the organic traffic. So it's not like Amazon in that aspect, but it's been condensed and consolidated to larger sellers really dominating the platform. And we see that Amazon is moving in that direction where you see like the four sponsored ads, one, maybe two organic things, and then three slots of paid ads or like featured ads, their products, like editor's choice. So you could be organically number three, but halfway down the page and your sales are like a third of what they should be because of that. And so, yeah, it, there's difficulty and there's trends in that direction, but all the more reason that it's a barrier to the smaller guys coming in. It's gonna be it like if you fight through that and eat that shit sandwich that you're talking about. Believe me, the reward is amazing at the end of the, at the end of it. Yeah, I 
<laughs> I had a meeting today with a client, a local client, and you know, she has some really great product ideas and she wants to license them. And uh, you know, she doesn't she doesn't want to run the business and all of that. And you know, we were just talking and um and I was like, you know, there's no way that I would want to go back to the old way of like doing the side business thing and, you know, working a date. There's just no way. I mean, there's, there's the reward at the end, like you said, Brandon, it's just like, it's unfathomable, you know, the freedom that you have, you know? Yeah, it's hard work. It's absolutely hard work, even when you achieve that freedom. As we, Brandon, you had your, your call the other day and I was on it and you were like, man, we're unloading a truck right now. Like, you know, it, that's the reality of it. it is It is hard work, but it comes with a lot of freedom. So I'd be curious, Brandon, I didn't know that you also um, started kind of learning arbitrage and you went down the wholesale route before you did private label. I was the same way. I tried to just learn everything I could learn, you know, and, and then of course it didn't it didn't make sense to me to do arbitrage. It just, you know, it's not scalable. It's not, well, it is scalable. There's people making real serious money doing arbitrage. It's just yeah, not my thing, far, right? Few and far between people have <laughs> turned it into a real business. They hire buyers, they hire yeah. processors. You know, like my friend, my good friends, Garland and Max are phenomenal. They did over $10 million in arbitrage a couple years in a row. I don't know. I think they've moved away from arbitrage themselves, even though they were so successful with it. Now yeah. this is private label. Those but people amaze me, so right? different for both. Like there's no, there's, there's very little translation. So what do you think though, in terms of like the way that Amazon is heading? Do you think that with these latest changes, like we've seen the decline of arbitrage because of these barriers being put in place. Um, we've seen that decline. Do you think that that's going to continue? Do you think it's going to become harder and harder for people to continue to try and scale like an arbitrage or a liquidation or a wholesale type business? Yeah, I mean, so so here's the way that I look at it. I think arbitrage is going to be continuously declining and more difficult because of brand gating and things like that. There are people with God accounts that can get ungated at anything or that can get through to brands to get letters. Where you're going to see that become super valuable is where you can add value to those brands as a seller on Amazon. It's not going to, they don't want 50 different sellers selling their products on Amazon, racing to the bottom and diluting the value of their brand. Right. If you learn private label properly and you learn optimization and you learn pay-per-click and you learn how to rank a, 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 a listing and you learn about good content and bad content, and you're willing to invest in a listing on behalf of a brand and you know you can improve what, a, what is currently happening because we outsell a ton of our private label products. There should be no reason in the world that we do that, but it's because they're bad at Amazon. And because like, if I wanted to, I could go to those brands and I could say, hey, here's my private label brand no one's ever heard of selling five times to 10 times more than you every single day. And here's how I could fix your brand, but I'm going to want something in return. I want exclusive rights to sell it and for X amount of time. And I want to, and I'll, I'll, I'll adhere to map and work on that. But so I think that your story and your ability to do wholesale and do reselling is there, but I think you kind of need more skills than you used to. It's not about like couponing and going to the store and getting a good deal anymore. It's that, but it's also understanding how to improve the listing and move the products so that you add value to the brand side of it. So wholesale, I think, has really changed in that aspect too. 
And I know like the wholesale formula guys and like their business model. And it, it's so, it's so simple. They charge a lot of money to tell you, Hey, call this brand up and, and tell them this story about how you can maybe add value. And then, but the reality is you really need to add value, right? Like if you can really come to them with a story of here's my private label business kicking your ass, um, that that's a big thing. So I don't know that that reselling is dead. I just think that it's gotta it's gonna change to um, a better sellers. Yeah, you really do need to have that kind of upper hand. You need to be able to have those skills. It's gonna be hard to come in and have never sold on Amazon before and try and get. And I've never had a wholesale brand tell me no. When I was doing the wholesale thing, I was like, um, I know exactly how to fix your issues. I, I can tell you what your competitor is doing that you're not, that you can improve, right? And so I, I agree, you do need to have those skills to be able to, to be at that next level. So yeah. I think that's that's so, so important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Brandon, I, I'm sorry. I need, oh, I need two minutes. I'm, my guys in the warehouse are having an issue, like an emergency. So I, I'm the, sorry. The, no, wor no worries. We will, we will discuss, uh, among ourselves. We know how that is. Okay, trust give, me. Sorry about that. <laughs> give me, give me two minutes. No worries. So, uh, yeah, guys, just to, to follow up kind of on what we were talking about and, um, you know, I, like I said, I, I don't want to be a negative Nancy, but, um, you know, the, the thing I was going to ask Brandon next, which, um, I, I I'm going to discuss with Amy, which, uh, once again, I've talked about this for uh, a few years ago and I, and I completely see, uh, this happening is, um, I don't think that Amazon's going to be the dominant marketplace in the next five to 10 years in the U S I know that's a bold statement, but, uh, they have a, they have a, a big lead, but I think that, um, that you know unless they change what they're doing amazon is not innovating just like brandon was saying about china if you go and look at china and what they're doing there amazon looks like you know uh walmart did you know uh, their website looked like five years ago you know they're they're just amazon is playing catch-up at this point and um i keep saying you know they're they're the myspace of e-commerce i think that somebody is going to come along and uh, you know, hit Amazon flat-footed, uh, whatever that looks like. And I, 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 I'm really interested to see the next five to 10 years. But my bold prediction is, is Amazon will not be the dominant marketplace, at least in the US in the next five to 10 years. Brandon, yeah, there's, why there's am I wrong? That I'm back. I'm, I'm, why, I'm back and I was listening to that. So uh, all right, all right. My guys are having an issue because we ran out of pallets in the middle of uh, unloading a container and we have a truck coming tomorrow. We don't have enough pallets for it. So oh, yeah, Facebook marketplace, people are giving them away like free. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> I need to. I just went I on a whole bunch of extra ones in my garage, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, get, if you can drive them down to me in the next couple hours in South Florida, I'll take them. So, uh, <laughs> so the uh, the issue is uh, with with regards to Amazon and maintaining a dominant position. I'm with you 100. I think that they don't do things as well as they could be doing them. But the one thing that they do dominate in is their warehousing and delivery, right? So the service that they offer, the one and two day delivery, Prime, and their warehousing is why that they're, that they're why they have the competitive advantage they do. So for anyone to come in and compete, they're gonna also need 3PLs and warehousing and offer a fulfillment service for, for, for uh, other sellers. Because if the reason that Amazon allows third-party sellers like us to come in and do well is because A, it's great for the customer and selection, uh, is is better, but also because they can't possibly afford to keep develop or to have started the website with a million products developed, right? Like each product takes time to develop and do well. 
and they're trying to catch up by buying brands and they have hundreds of brands of their own and they keep they, they cheat for their brands we know that but the reality is like there are a million brands and they can't possibly also have a million brands so someone else needs to come in and uh, do do certain things better than them on the platform side but i think that their model of warehousing and uh, fulfillment is is something that you need to copy yeah. um i think something that they do really well in china is live like live selling uh that's huge um i think TikTok is going to be a much much bigger player in the e-commerce space than anyone can imagine because oh yeah oh that because it already happened in China, right? TikTok is a Chinese company. The TikTok version, like the Chinese version of it exists and they sell a ton of things on their platform. And it's literally just like a third party hosting it. But I can have a viral video that goes live with my cat doing a funny trick and say, oh, by the way, I sell these things, these cat toys. And next thing you know, I've made a million dollars. That happens all the time in China. A viral video leads to someone becoming a millionaire overnight because they happen to sell it through their TikTok channel. It's crazy and mind blowing. And those opportunities are gonna be there for us in soon, like TikTok's turning on their e-commerce platform. That's but my, yeah, that's my primary reason for wanting to swap over from, um, from WooCommerce to, to Shopify because Shopify TikTok integration is taking off. And yeah. it's like, it's gonna be insane, right? And Snapchat. TikTok, Snapchat sales have been like everybody in my mastermind group. We just did a, a Shopify class and um, our Shopify teacher is like, she's killing it on Snapchat and TikTok with ads. And we're like, we're all like, man, we need to switch. Like we need to just do Shopify, it. You know? Shopify is, is amazing. And I thought another competitor potentially for Amazon because they've got millions of independent sellers, but the problem, everything was pill uh, pillared, right? what they need to have is a marketplace where you can search Shopify stores. And now all yes. of the, the way that Taobao is, is that you, you shop by storefronts, right? And that's why Amazon's moving towards storefronts because they know that that's, people like shopping that way. They like browsing someone's storefront. If you're, as long as it's not like a random arbitrage guy with 14,000 unique, like different SKUs that are in different market, like things like grocery and this and that, like, if you're a, a toy brand and you've got a hundred different toys and they like your toy brand, they love people love browsing your toy store, right? So it's the same exact thing. And, and so Amazon's moving that direction because it already was successful in China. Same thing with Shopify. If they could unite under one marketplace and then also start to assist with fulfillment, I think that's a winning combination. I think that Shopify is a real competitor and a real um, threat to Amazon. Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.